Hello and welcome to the Found in the Forest podcast. I'm Craig Surhit. I developed this series to spread the word about how the environmental school in British Columbia is changing everything I thought I knew about education. This podcast series is a collection of interviews which includes my discussions with the educators, administrators, researchers, parents, and students that are involved in the environmental school. Last week's show was all about the origins of the school, and this week we're looking at how the school handles report cards and grade separation. In this first segment, you'll hear from environmental school teacher Randy Bates discuss the school's philosophy behind grades and report cards, with commentary from Faith, who was in grade 7 at the school, and SFU researcher Michael Calkins. What I try to write in the report card is what they're capable of. And so I will write that this child can read and write in these ways, and then I'll put a little evaluative statement behind that that goes, this is exceeding their grade level or is, or, or is fully meeting at this level or they're not quite up to what's expected for their age. And so that's the kind of language that goes in there, but I try to describe what they're capable of or where they're at and then let the parent know that how it relates to what's expected for their age. In a normal school, they're teaching you, but you have to learn the rest. And if you don't learn it in this amount of time, then you fail. It was stressful because I felt like I was going to fail or like do really bad, but also because I didn't want to be disappointed or make anybody like think like, oh, I'm Faith's so dumb, she, didn't, she can't even get an A or a B or whatever because I didn't understand or I needed more time. You come here and it's like you're learning the same thing but in a totally different way. And for me, it makes way more sense just to do this instead of sitting down and doing a test. The competitive nature of marking is horrible, and I think it should go away. And I'm so thankful that this school doesn't have traditional marks. I think it only serves to create um, competition between individuals. I think we should be focusing more on collaborative projects. Um, I think that's, that's the best way to do it. The thing that a B doesn't describe is what you, what you know. It's, it's a letter, and it still winds up being subjective. And um, the, the other aspect of that is that with a, with a letter grade, um, you might get that B because it just, you just understand math really well. And with paying little attention, you do fine. Another kid may have been working extremely hard to get to the same point. And so that, but that's not described in a, in a grade like that. Whereas when I write it in a report and I say that you're doing a very good job of demonstrating this concept and you've worked really hard to get there, it, it's more descriptive than just the letter. And so I think that you do have to share with and talk to the parents about how this language that I'm using in this report card pertains to where your child's at. But I, I think that it actually describes better where they're at than, than the letter grade does. This next segment delves into one of the aspects of the school that I found very surprising. You see, instead of having a conventional grade structure, students from kindergarten to grade seven are integrated and the results are both unexpected and inspiring. Here's Principal Clayton Maitland along with teachers Randy and Mario to explain more. It's a multi-grade classroom environment. So we have K through eight in family groupings. We call them clans. And so those family groupings are split into different groups of, for different needs at different times. In any regular classroom that I've ever had, sometimes I taught grades six and seven, but there's also just that range of ability that ranges from kids that, that sometimes are maybe have, you know, grade two ability in reading or writing or, or in certain areas. 
up to ones that are way beyond their grade level. And so you're already working with a wide range of kids. Here, it gives us the ability to go, I'm gonna take this older group of kids plus these four others that are able to work at this ability range. And sometimes there'll be a couple kids that are at this age group, but they, they need um, some other piece of, of their learning to happen with, with the younger kids. And so it's a lot more flexible and you can you actually wind up with a more homogenous group than you do in your normal classroom where you just have a grade seven classroom. And when we have K to sevens, you know, there's a certain expectation that the older kids are gonna help the younger students. And that is a great learning experience in itself. But we would be off with a large group of kindergarten kids, all of a sudden somebody has to pee. Or, or we're ready to go and four kids have to pee. And, and they all need some sort of, especially earlier, they need some sort of assistance. And we found that really with the younger kids, it was really slowing down some of the stuff we could do. So now we try to do some activities every day that include whole group, family groupings. But we found that we really do need to break them into groups of sort of age, skill appropriate levels. We just had to learn that. So why combine all the kids together? It turns out there are a number of benefits to this type of grade mixing. In this next segment, we'll hear from a number of students, teachers, researchers, and parents about the merits of mixed grades. It makes you like talk to people and like know more people and just like your friends. Like you talk to everyone in the school and you all know each other and then you're like learning at different levels but you're helping each other out as you go. It gives me opportunities to teach others. That's a that's a large plus side. It's probably one of my favorites too. It's really awesome how I can have a five-year-old just hang off a six-foot-three <laughs> grade seven boy and him not even care or really, it's no big deal. It's really cool to see them interact and just take care of each other and learn from each other. And I find that our munchkins can speak so well since they listen to 13-year-old kids talk all day long. I like it kind of, actually. Why? Well, because they're really nice. Do they help you a lot? Yeah. Yeah, how do they help you? Well, they do help me learn words and stuff. Like, awesome. And even those middle kids that don't have the strong reading skills yet, we go over with them how to be a good buddy reader. So things like looking at the pictures, segmenting words, that kind of stuff that they may not also be strong with. It gives them a chance to practice those skills as well in a safe environment where they make a difference with the little kid, but it also makes a difference for themselves, which is really cool. Well, I do help a lot of little kids. How do you help them? Well, sometimes I help them spell words. I think it also gives the munchkins um, a safe person to go to if they need something or if something's worried them or they just have questions about stuff. They have that big kid that they know knows them, knows what they're all about, that they can feel comfortable with to um, go to if they need something. Just last week, I, I watched as one of our kindergarten boys, he, we'd come back from a hike and he was really struggling and I got him all organized and got his lunch. And the next thing I looked over and he was surrounded by boys, grade four and up, grade four to eight and he was totally engaged. He had a big smile on his face eating his lunch. Um, at the beginning of the year, he would often eat alone. 
And so not only was he so socially engaged with, you know, all these other boys, there were all these other boys inviting him into and including him in their space and their conversation. Um, you don't see things like that. I've never seen things like that. Um, so that kind of an experience for the kids, I think, has become, for so many of them, it's, it's all they've ever known. Um, and for others, it's become so normal for them. I'm not sure they realize just how impressive that is, just how lucky they are to, um, to actually be in the middle of that. Well, it's funny how fast the, the idea of grades sort of slips away. Um, socially, it's been a huge success, I think. You get the sense at a conventional school that the grade threes, for example, would never hang out with grade fives and that the, the groups are sort of more divided, whereas here grade mixing is fairly seamless. So I think socially it instills a different type of community and a different type of, of caring for each other. While filming the documentary Found in the Forest, I witnessed countless times where the older students went out of their way to help the younger ones. It's actually pretty amazing to watch because it's not just one or two compassionate individuals, it's the majority of students who will go out of their way to help their classmates, no matter what their age difference is. I have noticed that the relationship between the kids is based more on interest versus age and grade. So it's okay that a grade four boy and a grade seven boy both like to play guitar and they're just going to jam at lunchtime. That's okay. Nobody's going to judge it. Nobody's going to make fun of it. Nobody's going to mock the grade seven for hanging out with the grade four at lunchtime. It's nice to have friends that are out of your grade and different grades. I guess it would um, give younger kids to have more opportunities for role models, I guess. I notice tremendous changes in terms of the way the children interact with each other, uh, especially the multi-age groupings, so across ages. I taught for many years in the regular school system. I also taught in private school and I've also taught in a couple of different places around the world. And never have I seen students interact across ages like this, where it's not at all uncommon to see, you know, a, a grade eight boy assisting a, a kindergarten child. I think it's cool mixing in the little kids because as a younger kid at my old school, I thought that I was kind of not quite inferior, but I wasn't as good as the other kids because they were older and I was kind of smaller, so I was, I wasn't as important in their eyes, but now it's everybody's on the same level. It's been one of the most surprising um, aspects for me to watch. Um, I remember the first day they got into their mixed grades and the teachers asked the older students to pair up with a, with a K or a grade one to do some reading. It was super awkward at first and I remember thinking, oh, this is this is going to be interesting, but then that dissipated really fast, like even within the first week. Um, and it became apparent really fast that there's a different caring that exists between the students here. In this school, we know everybody. Everybody is like our friend and we know them and we know their name, we know their family. And I think it's really cool because we get to interact with one another and 
it doesn't matter what your age is or like what grade you're in, you're friends with that person. It's really good because they're not scared to like come up and talk to us. So, like they'll come and play with us and stuff, and we just go and hang out with them too. Yeah, you like that though. Yeah, sometimes like you want to play with like the older kids and stuff, but other times it's good. I've heard a couple comments from the older kids like they would they would appreciate. I think as you get older, sometimes you start to have that need for your own peer group it becomes a little stronger. So I have heard some feedback about. Um, but I think they've, they've tried to provide for that more this year with the, with the sort of older kid um, camping trips and stuff like that. And, and providing for the older kids to have group experiences of leadership. From one end, the, the older end, to when they're all mixed like that, the kids become leaders and teachers and coaches, facilitators for the younger ones. The younger ones learn a lot stronger oral language. They pick up on a lot more skills. They have greater one-to-one -one attention. So that sharing and building of relationships is, is very important for student learning. Beyond that, we can move them into different age groupings according to needs. So if a grade three is having difficulty with their language skills, they can work with the kindergartners and they won't feel the difference or the stress. If some of the grade ones are talented and are working on mathematics with the grade sevens, then they can at times work with the grade sevens and there's no real stress. So we can, the strength of it is that we can move the kids over and back and forth so that conventional or Eurocentric or, or American way at looking at the grades is gone. So it's about development, it's about learning, and it's about uh, different ways of uh, combining the kids to have them learn within their strengths and talents. Well, that's it for this week's show. And just a reminder that you can watch the entire documentary at foundintheforest.com and if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to send them in to info at foundintheforest.com. And if you don't mind taking the time to rate this program in iTunes, that will help other people discover it. On next week's show, we take a look at place-based education. But first, I leave you today with a comment from environmental school support teacher, Jordi McQuarrie, on some of the additional benefits of grade mixing. For some particular kids and families, I've noticed kids actually blossom. And I think that's a really good metaphor. Um, the head's up, the shoulders are back. Um, they're wide open in ways they never were before. I think some kids feel loved and recognized in ways they perhaps never did before in school. <laughs>